This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team, and this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today we have Joe Hodge and Jamil Kelly on here. They're gonna tell us all about real estate investing in Austin and how it's worked out for them. Hey y'all, how you doing? Doing well. Great to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for coming. If you could both just introduce yourselves real quick, tell us who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing. Let's start with Joe there. All right. Um, my name is Joe Hodge, uh, Austin real estate uh, investor. Uh, been investing, I think, for probably about five to six years or so. Uh, and a, a really good friend of mine uh, called me to his house to take some pictures. And that's how I got started uh, in investing. Uh, and so uh, I'll let Jamil take it from there. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jamil Kelly. Um, I invest here in Austin as well. Um, I stay in Cedar Park. Uh, but I've been in Austin since 1999, originally from Longview, Texas, uh, East Texas. Um, and uh, I came here to, to go to school uh, was what originally drew me to Austin. But again, I've been investing since 2018. That's when I took on my first project um, and obviously realized I have a love and passion for it and have been doing it ever since. And I do this, if you want to call it, it's my side hustle. Right. So uh, and both Joe and I, we, we, we also we work, you know, I have a W2 um, that I work full time. So just obviously can be a bit stressful trying to do two full time uh, jobs. So that's a little about me. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I know, you know, you're from you're from East Texas. Uh, Joe, are you from Austin? I'm in Austin, Texas. I've been here ever since I was 11 years old. Okay. Um, so I, I consider myself an Austin. I've been here about yeah. 30 years. Before that, uh, I was in San Antonio, right? Okay. And so San Antonio is another area that, that I invest in as well. So kind of somewhat familiar with that area. I remembered some stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, as time kept going, just kind of researched the area. And I love it as well. Awesome. So yeah. um, the next question in everybody's got a different answer to this obviously both of you are from different areas austin's expensive and a lot of people say well you can't invest in austin it's too expensive it doesn't work why do you choose to still invest in austin so for, i'll let you yes yeah, so that's why you say say that it's expensive because when i started investing i don't want to say it wasn't expensive but i bought my first flip for one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow. So it's funny when I when I talk to people today, like even at, at work lunches or meetings, things of that type, and I and I find out they're new to Austin. Yeah, I'm like, how new are you? Are you like a, 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 an original, you know, Austin Austinite, or are you one of these new rich Austinites? Because if you have moved here in the last few years, you know, you have to have some some serious funds to to get into the game here. So all that being said, it's where I, I started. Right. And it wasn't that expensive back then. But also another reason that I, I'll choose to invest in Austin is because it's where I live. It's local for me. And for me, I, I haven't figured out how to just completely let go yet. So I like to have feet on the street. I like to have resources, my contractors. I like to, to drive by and visit my projects on a regular basis. So I like to be close to those things. Um, until I can find somebody to just run that entire play for me. So that's another reason I'll always continue to invest locally, no matter where I'm at. Even if I do expand out to other markets, I'll always stay and invest in my local area. And, and, and just as a follow-up to that, I mean, it can, be, it, it can be expensive, right? But that's where you have to tap into your resources. You have to tap into to other um, people, um, you know, companies, partners, there's a lot of other ways to mitigate it's too expensive. I used to think the same thing when I listened to Bigger Pockets for three years before I even started investing. And I would always hear about California, how expensive it is. Now I'm living that reality. Absolutely, it is expensive, but it's just like anything else. You can find a reason to say, hey, this is way too hard. 
It's just how are you going to mitigate those challenges? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always a way. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and and I'll kind of echo what, what Jamil is saying. Uh, the thing about the reason why we invest in Austin, because you can you still can invest in Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many other markets that aren't as good as Austin right now. Um, and, and if you can find a good, what we call a play or a good opportunity to where, you know, the numbers make sense, we, we try to go for it, right? And, and even on the next note, it is a little bit more expensive compared to other, right? But are you going to let that be your roadblock? Right. And so Jamil and I have found a way to not just say, hey, it's expensive. Let's not do it. But how can we climb over this hill? Right. How can we uh, expand our brain, expand our team, use our resources to 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 invest in this environment? Right. And so uh, I think we've been kind of successful in that. Um, So that's that's something that's been helpful for us. Absolutely. I think, you know, the people who find a way and say, how can I rather than saying I I can't do this are the ones that are always successful. So could you tell our listeners a little bit more about what y'all are up to right now in Austin and what you're investing in? Yeah, so uh, I currently have a couple of projects uh, specific to Austin. Uh, We're wrapping up a uh, a flip that's not too far from the domain. It's literally, literally probably 10 minute walk, three minute drive. Uh, We started that project early February. Uh, and it was ugly. It was super ugly. It was rain coming through the roof, um, rats running through. Um, the person before obviously loved their pets and their freedom, so they cut holes in each room so they can travel in between the rooms. Um, and and it, it was just a lot to take over, man. But the, going through the process of, of of that team where we talk about with contractors, um, we built a real good team now. And we, we're, we started in February. We're, we're wrapping it up this week. Hopefully we'll put it on the market uh, next week, man. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the market will remain strong so we can get some, uh, get, meet our expectations for it. That's fast. Yeah. You started at the yeah. beginning of February and it's almost the end of March. Yeah. You, had, you had holes in the walls for pets to come through. Did they not have doors there and they had to cut their own doors? <laughs> no, they, they had doors. They had doors so humans could walk through. But again, oh. they wanted their they wanted their pets to have the access as well. And so so they so they uh they left holes in all the walls for them. So which is which is awesome. That's special. I have not heard <laughs> of that. And so we're also um diving into new construction as well. Um so so flips were is how we got started, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll probably we'll probably talk about this at a later point, but I had a, a, a horrible experience, right? We we just man, we had a flip go south. Um, and that's kind of what had us take a step back and say, okay, well, it has to be a better option, it has to be something better. So that's what uh propelled us to new construction. So we we just finished a new construction project last year. It uh that one recently sold in, in December of last year. So we uh, we purchased a unit or a property, uh, existing house, tore down, built two new units. Mm. Um, and now we have, we have a couple of projects. So we just, just purchased a, a, a lot out in Montopolis area. Um, I have a lot in St. John's that I'm about to develop. Uh, I'm actually putting three structures there, uh, AB unit plus an accessory building. And that one I'll use for short-term rental. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm banking on appreciation in the long-term play there. So uh, that's my that's one of my legacy aspects that I can leave to my kids, right? I'm not going to leave them a bunch of money, but if I can leave this property, then, you know, that can be a form of leaving a legacy. We, we can talk about that later as well. I also have a property in Lakeway out on Apache Shores that I'm, I'm getting plans for now. Hopefully start to develop that one soon. And also I have a lot in, in true Lakeway, um, like right behind if you if you stand on the lot and look at a corner and squint your eyes, you'll be able to see the lake. So I plan to uh, to develop there and cap- capitalize on the lake views there. So that's what we have going on now. Yeah, you got a lot going on. So you just mentioned there, and I'm going to jump forward to a couple questions. You mentioned a flip that went south. So could you tell us a little bit about that, how you would tell our listeners to avoid any bad, any issues you ran into? Oh, God. <laughs> so many. And so the, the takeaway, and I'll say it up front, is in every failure, there's a lesson, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure you know that. So when you lose, 
you win because you learn something that you that you didn't know. And that has been the story. I feel like that's the case on every project we take on. It's a learning, learning experience. So this one I took on and um, the, the, the people, and it was actually right about a domain. So I was like, this would be great. Uh, uh, four to six week turnaround. So I was planning to get in and out of it pretty quick. Yeah, that's fast. Had some bad contractors. Um, and then use contracts, right? So that's a huge one. Make sure you use contracts. Um, the contractors weren't licensed contractors that couldn't pull permits. So that's another lesson. Verify all your contractors, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that not just the license and insurance, but make sure they're registered on the local licensing sites. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 and honestly, not every single one you use is gonna be that way, but when you get to a point where you need electricians and you need people that can pull permits, they mm -hmm. have to be licensed. Yeah. So yeah. it's just the best practice to get into that upfront um, is to start using uh, contractors that are licensed. So with that being said, once we got uh, permitting involved, turns out I had a whole addition that was rebuilt that wasn't part of the original structure. Oh, so my small remodel permit then turned into a, a basically a demo, new construction permit. And I had to go and get everything in the entire house up to current code. Yeah. If I went back and looked at the seller's disclosure, they had biggest day, we did a, 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 an addition and the contractor pulled permits. Well, the contractor didn't pull permits, but all that to say, had I went and looked at the Austin permitting site, mm -hmm. I could have easily saw that there was no permitting for an addition. And I didn't know what I didn't know at the time, right? They put it on the seller's disclosure. That's a legal binding document. Well, they're not gonna lie on the seller's disclosure. So, you know, I just trusted for what it was, right? So those are, are, are some huge lessons. So my, my, my six month or six week project turned into seven months. Wow. And carrying costs, right? Just think of, you know, upwards of $4,000 a month in carrying costs. That took its toll. But there were a number of different things just that happened from a domino effect. So I got intimately familiar with the, the city of Boston permitting process because <laughs> uh, that was the first deal that I had to, to deal with them on. Um, and, and now I use a permit expediter for that. Uh, but again, use contracts, use licensed contractors. Do your due diligence, right? If it's not just permits, flood zones, right? You can go buy a, a lot and think it looks good. Turns out it's in the, the new Austin, the, the new 25-year flood zone, mm -hmm. right? You can't build on that lot if it's in that 25-year flood zone or there's certain uh, parameters to that. So you may have bought a lot with the intention of building two properties, but if it's in this newly zoned uh, Austin flood zone and it's in the 25-year, you now have to alter that. And your exit... May, uh, price may not work if you can only build one structure versus two. All it goes back to doing the due diligence up front, right? Having your exits, multiple exits, preferably in mind before you even take on that deal, before you start to run into some of these hurdles. Yeah. So you, you mentioned something about the seller lied on the seller's disclosure. Can't say I haven't seen that as a realtor. Um, did you have any recourse? Were you able to get anything out of the seller? Good question. I'm in an active lawsuit oh. right now. <laughs> so they, they actually, uh, they actually admitted to it. Oh. Um, and, and all I asked for, I didn't even ask for any of the money and getting everything up to, to, to uh, back up to current code. Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, because honestly, I didn't even know how much I spent. I'm like, well, just reimburse me for some of the carrying costs. And that's it. Um, so when we, when we actually made the ask, then they were, they went to an attorney and was like, well, you bought the house as is, cause that's what's on the contract. So we don't owe you any money. And they said, well, we didn't know about it. We didn't know that the contractor did pull permits. Well, obviously that doesn't exclude you from, from the legal ramification just because you didn't know for one. And two, just because you buy a house as is, doesn't mean you can misrepresent it on the seller's disclosure. So yeah, but yeah I think I'm at the tail end of that one. And, and I think I'll, I'll be able to be, uh, to, to regain some of the losses there. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. He even said that he pulled permits too. So yeah. can't say I haven't seen it, but hopefully you get something out of it. And uh, Joe, from you, what's the, uh, we'll just stay with this question for now. 
What's yeah, the one thing um, you tell people to avoid or how to not run into the same problem? Yeah, um, get a contractor off of social media, they said. It'll be fun, right? And so <laughs> just, just that process, not that getting a contractor from there is bad, but definitely do your due diligence, mm -hmm. check for references, look at the quality of work that they provide. Nine times out of 10, the first person that replies within the first three minutes, you know, if they're not busy doing work, you, you have to do ex some extreme due diligence. And so um, that's that's kind of, you know, when, you, when you're first getting established and you're first getting started and you're just trying to get something going, um, that was something, you know, that, that we did. Uh, long story short, had a project that was supposed to last three months. Um, the project is close to nine, right? Oh. And so that's, you know, that's, the price you pay for just, you know, like Jamil said, doing your due diligence and, and, and following up, right? And so uh, that's what I would stress to any new investor or, or just, you know, or not new investor, but some of the things that we experience is just research, 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 understand, and then you can, you know, have a better outcome. Absolutely. Yeah, I've run into a lot of problems with contractors myself and taking longer and costing a lot more and some of it's not their fault. Um, yeah. So when you're doing due diligence on contractors, what is your process, if you don't mind sharing with everybody? Yeah, definitely. Um, references, right? Mm -hmm. Just following up, do you have any, do you have any um, previous clients that you mind sharing their information that we can call and follow up on, right? And just kind of talk to them, get a feel, you know, just, and, and it doesn't have to be an um, interrogation, just a couple of questions. Are you satisfied with the work? How, mm -hmm. how was it dealing with this person? Um, when you're talking to the contractor, just throw some questions out there, right? Um, if this project is over budget and passed on time, what would you do to bring us back in action, right? Mm -hmm. Just and, and just asking questions will let them know that you're on top of your game and you have expectations with it, right? Um, when you approach a contractor, clearly define what you need to be done, right? That scope of work is going to be important, right? This is what I need. And, and, and can you give me a solid estimate, a solid bid based upon what you want to happen, right? Because whatever you don't talk about or whatever you don't include, that's going to be the thing that makes it frustrating, right? Yeah. So, so, and I'll add to that. So you can ask for addresses, right? And, and when we talk about references, we don't want your brother. We don't want your cousin who you want to get a job for, right? We want legitimate references. Um, let me see pictures from this from this rehab or new construction, whatever the case be. More than likely in Austin, if you've done anything outside of uh, uh, replace a faucet, you're probably going to need permits, water heaters, HVAC, like building a deck, right? There's so much stuff you need permits for. So if you've done this work and you've been doing this extensively for the past however many years, your name should show up on some permit somewhere, right? So go check City of Austin permits, public information. So you can pull up that address, see if their name is anywhere uh, on that permit as well. So, but yeah, again, addresses, uh, see pictures of the work, uh, that type of thing. So that's, that's another couple of options you can look for. Um, you know, if you have to look on, so obviously there's some, there's some social media groups that, that they have out there. Um, and then you have the Angie's List and all of those types of platforms. So some of those are already kind of pre-vetted, if you will. Um, so those are also good options because you have people that have left reviews for that contractor house, as an example. So just kind of compiling all your resources. Do they want to sign a contract? They usually send you a contract that protects them. Will they sign your contract that protects you if anything goes wrong? So those are a couple of things that we try to try to look for and, and look out for as, as red flags when we're trying to um, vet out contractors. Yeah, I love what Joe said, too, about the first person that responds, probably not the person you want to go with. And <laughs> that's the, actually the only time I've been stolen from from a contractor. And it wasn't much. It was like 200 bucks or something. Paid a guy to come do handyman work again. Shouldn't have paid him before he showed up to do the work. Paid him to come do the work. He never showed up. Never heard from him again. See him popping on other people's posts and in a Facebook group that I'm sure we're all on in Austin. And, and you just got to watch out for those people. Yeah. Yeah. And just and don't limit it to just social media. I know that's an easy way to do it. But if you think about like my dad, 
who, who, who's an engineer and has years and years and years of experience. Mm-hmm. Facebook, any of these groups, it's going to be the last place he's going to hang out at looking for work, right? Yeah. So, and just think of how many guys that have been around Austin a long time mm-hmm. that have the, the slightest clue how to even work an iPhone versus get on groups looking for work. So, so a lot of great contract labor out there just from references and word of mouth. So tap into your local network, right? It doesn't have to be somebody else's building houses. Do you have a friend or a family member that has something done to their house in the past year or a couple of years and you know use those resources as well love it yeah i think finding good contractors is so important so what attracted each of you to real estate investing did you get started separately or did you start together and how did both you get started and and why jamil i think you should you should start that one off jamil okay all right so what got me started in real estate investing so i um i had a i used to start in Fluverville had a rental property that had some some friends stay in. And that process, we had to evict them. It was just absolutely horrible. Um, And when I I evicted them, I'm like, I'm selling this house. I don't want to be a landlord. I just want to get out of this altogether. Sold the house and made a little bit of money. And I was like, okay, I I really, I've always kind of been on the the legacy building aspect of things, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, and I, you know, had young kids. I'm like, if I get started now, that'll be a good time to start, you know, trying to accumulate some, some, something to leave as a legacy. What can I leave? So I just started researching and putting a lot of time into figuring out what are some of the best paths to wealth Mm -hmm. and real estate kept coming up. Like always it would come up and I'm like, wait a minute, I just had a bad real estate experience. So this can't be what you're telling me would be something that would, would lead to well. So um, got onto to bigger pockets and started kind of listening and, and understanding, you know, uh, why I had the experience I did. Right. Always enforce your lease. If you have a rent, if you have a rent, even if you're three days late, don't use the standard Texas lease. Use have one written up or modify it to where you can start the eviction process earlier. Always enforce your lease. Fast forward. All right, three years of due diligence, which is crazy, right? Listening to podcasts, I was like, hey, I'm ready to take on my flip. Ultimate goal for me was apartment complex investing. Okay. I know I didn't have enough money to buy an apartment complex, didn't know much about it. So I was like, I'll start with some flips and then I'll transition. Once I accumulate enough money, then I'll get into apartment complex investing. Um, So that's how I got to my first flip. Like I said, $140,000 out in Fruitville. And right when I got it, I was so excited. I called Joe, I was like, hey man, I just got this house. I'm about to flip it. When I finish with it, I want you to come take pictures. Not knowing that that's included in my package with my realtor, right? That's all part of the process when you go <laughs> list the house. Had no clue. I'm just like, hey, I just wanna, I just wanna help a friend and support another business that, that I know. And he was like, what do you mean? You know, you, you're about to flip a house. So I'm like, dude, come through. Like if you want to learn, come through because I'm I'm about to 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 whatever. I just had the biggest aspirations at the time, and he came um, and he started just watching and participating where he could. And I said, this dude didn't even know how to work a drill uh, when he came. <laughs> when he came Seriously, <laughs> oh, wow. Seriously, he didn't know how to work a drill, right? So and and obviously on 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 my first project, I put in a lot of the sweat equity there because I just didn't have the money to pay contractors to do it. I've just paid a GC to do the bulk of it, but putting doorknobs and hinges, stuff like that, small stuff, a lot of that I did myself. So um, that's how me and Joe got connected to start moving forward and doing projects together. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was great. Yeah. Once, cause back at the time I was doing a uh, photography, a media company. Uh, and, and once Jamil gave me that call, I was like, no, you can't just tell me you got a house and, and, and I not get more understanding of it. Um, and so uh, ever since then, uh, kind of just just following and just adding value more than anything, because at the time I knew I didn't have the knowledge of, of real estate as a whole. And I didn't want want to just be tagging along. And so I tried to just bring value in any ways that I can. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, university, Google and YouTube, right? Just spend a lot of time on Google and YouTube trying to find any and everything about real estate um, that, that, that we could at the time um, and just kind of the snowball to avalanche effect to where, you know, we we're just, just learning and then we're partnering and then now we're doing things individually, but, you know, um, just growth, growth is the mindset that we have. 
Um, and that's just taking us, you know, beyond our imagination, right? Awesome, love it. So, Jamil, you start. You started. You had a rental property. How did that rental property come about? You know, you said you had a rental property in Pflugerville, was it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah my my wife is is obsessed with the HGTV shows, so she always <laughs> likes looking at houses. So before we could really get settled in, she's on to the next house and she's always looking. So we were there, I think, six years and she found another house. So we were going to move. So this was my primary house, first house I bought um, here in Austin, in Austin area. So we didn't have enough equity to sell it at the time. Oh, okay. So if we had sold it, we would have lost money. Okay. I'm like, well, we can just rent it out until the market gets better. So that's how we ended up having it as a rental. It's like a forced rental almost. Absolutely, absolutely. That came around and worked out really well in the long run, so. It did, <laughs> it did. So many learn, back to my point earlier, right? So many learning lessons, which you may, you may see it as a loss or a bad scenario, but it's so many learning lessons that'll help you going forward. And, and my thing is like on the learning lessons and, and, and I guess people call it grit or just the, the determination. Mm -hmm. I mean, that applies in so many areas, right? So when you get that, in your thought process that, you know, everything can, everything, no matter what it is, that's another thing I, I kind of struggle with. Okay, real estate, I had a bad experience and it seems like there's so much because there's so many different areas of real estate you can invest into. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, what other businesses? What about a franchise or just other business models? All of it was foreign to me. So all of it seemed like it was a challenge, mm -hmm. but it's, do you have the mindset to, to take on those challenges? and figure out how to move forward. So that applies in every area, right? My, my nine to five job. If you go try to go learn a new trade or you wanna go take on some, some project with your kid, it's nothing you know how to do, right? You're gonna to have to learn how to do that. So it applies in, in all areas of life. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually was uh, listening to a webinar yesterday and they talked about how we compare ourselves with our past selves and say, well, I did this in the past, so I know I can do this. And like you just said, anything you're going out to do, you just got to learn it and then you can do it. There's no limit on what we can do. It's just, what do you want to do? What do you have to do to go learn it? And then, then you're there. So, you know, you, you said, Hey, I want to flip a house. What do I have to do to learn how to flip a house? And now you're flipping houses. They said, I want to build a house. What do you have to learn to do? how to build houses? in Austin and fill construction. Now you're, you're doing new builds. So there's no limits on what we can do. It's just, what do you want to do? And what do you have to do to get there? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're always your biggest limiting factor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Love that. So kind of on that same front, what do you tell people that come to you and say, Hey, I'm interested in getting into real estate investing in Austin. What's one thing you tell a newer investor how to get started? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. All right, I'll answer this, and I'll let Joe, because I'm pretty sure our answers will probably be different. Mm -hmm. I don't have that problem <laughs> of people coming to me and asking me because again, I'm, I'm not, I just recently started because of Joe getting on the social media uh, front, right? I, I was always like, hey, no, I don't wanna have anything to do with it. I just wanna kind of do my thing in the background. Um, so I was really never in the forefront. Um, main people who knew about me doing anything in real estate investing was my family and my close circle of friends. So I was, but, but, I always wanted to help educate people on real estate because for me, it's a game changer. It's something that can create generational wealth, right? This can, this can change your family tree if you latch on. So as I was understanding this and realizing this, I was actually going out to people. Anybody I come across, especially young people, um, I would, if we had a conversation, I'd be like, hey, real estate, real estate, real estate, right? Not to push <laughs> it on them, but like, man, you're in your 20s, you're in your mid, early 20s, Dude, if you latch on to this, like your trajectory is through the roof. Mm -hmm. So I have, Joe has been one of the only people 
that has actually latched on and wanted to come along. So I don't have the problem of, you know, <laughs> trying to uh, have people come find me. I'm out trying to preach to them. But with that being said, um, I, I just tell them to dive in. I, I did three years of, uh, of analysis, right? And I got into that analysis paralysis phase to where I, I would always find some reason as to, to why, or I needed to get more educated on a topic you'll never be educated 100% on any topic. You'll learn through doing, all right? So, um, you know, I would say just, just jump out there, right? Take a leap, but take an educated leap, right? Don't just go out there and, and just put all your money that you have in savings into a flip, having no clue on what to do next, and you're paying hard money rates and think it's gonna be successful, right? You have to have a plan. So take the risk, make sure it's an educated risk, um, tap into your resources, right? Other GCs, other for anybody else you know in the industry that can give you insight and any game on it, right? After you've taken the time to educate yourself, don't go to somebody thinking they're going to walk you step by step through every single process for free and you haven't done any of your uh, due diligence yourself. So those are probably some of the biggest ones, right? I, you have to have your mindset right. You absolutely have to have, to me, success is 90% mindset. Oh yeah, is doing right. You will learn the stuff along the way. But if you have that determination and you say, no matter what, I'll figure it out. I think that'll propel you to figure out whatever it, whatever this challenge or, um, you know, the 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 the, the project that you're going to take on. So that's what I would say. Uh, I yeah, uh, yeah. You said the answer would be be different. They're going to be really, really close to the same thing, man. I would say <laughs> uh, uh, two things, man look and leap just just go right uh yeah. jamila talked about that analysis paralysis um you I, I you definitely need to research you need to understand and then you jump right jamil sent me a a, a picture the other day uh, uh something that, that he saw um and, and wrapping it up it was basically you know shoot then aim right i'm always willing just to go out there and just go figure it out and just go right i've, I've done a little bit of research but i know that once i get out there i'll figure it out more and get get the flow with it, right? And so that's what I would recommend uh, to to newbies, new investors is definitely do your homework, definitely do your research, but don't be scared to jump out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're in the process of of creating, you know, somewhat of a program, right? So uh, we have the Blue Jay Investor, right? And the Blue Jay Investor allows people the opportunity to learn, grow uh, through education and opportunity, right? And so we 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 have these conversations like this where we talk about, you know, if someone is is interesting uh, in in getting into real estate. We'll sit down and talk to them. Well, hey, tell me what's your ideas, what's your plans, what are you wanting to do, right? And then just kind of walking and talking through that process, just being that that ear to listen to, and just kind of bounce, you know, experiences. You know, some if if I bump my head on this part, uh, it means nothing for me to bump my head unless I tell you about it, so you don't do it, right? And so that's mm -hmm. kind of the mindset, right? And then uh, one thing that that how I first got into it was being a passive investor, right? Just um, being able to have some sort of uh, investment into it. But I, I, I kind of took it to the next level. I, I, I jumped in. I, I just wanted to learn and put, put some sweat equity in it. But um, just taking baby steps, if I can passively invest and still learn to where, you know, about the real estate as a whole, it'll it'll allow you to, to get that confidence to, to take bigger leaps, man. So educate or look, and then leap would be my advice. Love it. Yeah, you meet so many people who just go through the education cycle over and over and over and over. So I've hosted a meetup for years and years, and sometimes I see the same people coming and coming, <laughs> and they never they never take any action. And I think yeah. both of you obviously know when you start to take action, you really learn. You learn real quick. Absolutely. Um, Joe, you mentioned being a passive investor. What were you a passive investor in before you started actively investing? Well, so one of the the opportunities that Jamil was working on, right? Okay. Um, he wanted to provide that that value of of experience to me. Um, you know, and you know, you you just starting off. So I, I had you know the funds that I did had. I could have been a passive investor, um, but I, again, I told him I wanted my sweat equity, I wanted to learn the process. And so I was some, I was, I was technically a passive, but I, I was still, you know, in the trenches with it. You were active, you were just getting paid to be passive. Yeah, yeah, but that, and that was, that was okay with me, right? Because <laughs> the main thing was the experience, right? Yeah. 
Um, oh, yeah. I, the, the joke with me and Jamil was it took me probably took me a good two days just to change door handles, right? Because I could not I could not take it off. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what to do. And he would purposely let me just like play with it. He wouldn't tell me nothing. He would wait for me to come and tell him something. And then at first I was like, I'm not gonna ask him anything. I'm gonna figure it out. I would YouTube it, like, how do I change this door handle? Right. But um just just that experience helped me so much, man. And uh, I appreciate him for that. Awesome. I, everything I've fixed, I've YouTube, so don't feel better. <laughs> so, yeah. you all have a lot of experience. You've learned a lot, you know, learned a lot, both the easy and the hard way. Uh, what's next for you? What are your long term goals and what's your real estate vision for the future? Yeah, um, I, I think for me, it's, 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 uh, development and syndications, right? Mm -hmm. Um, as Jamil kind of talked about, um, looking into apartments, right? And, and, and syndicating and uh, working with other people who um, want to be passive investors. Um, and then ultimately, I, I really like the new construction thing. What if we can build a 150 unit apartment for someone, right? That's that's my dream, right? I, I don't want to just limit it to just to a house. Let's scale it up, right? So yeah. that that's, that's uh, what I'm looking at. Love it. What about you, Jamil? Yeah, I would I would 100% agree with that. Um, apartments, um, the syndication aspect of it. Um, I'd like to dabble in the storage. <laughs> um, I see that as being very lucrative, right? Um, but I, I think the one takeaway for me is is not to lock myself into one specific type of real estate investing, right? Um, now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be all over the place and anything new that pops up, I'm trying to do it, but at least be open to other ideas. So I have my focus. Of, so I, the new construction piece of it, um, that part. So this project that I have in St. John's, uh, I'm working with a local GC, but he's acting in a consulting role. So he's basically going to help me build a house, but I'll be learning with him every step along the way so that I can then go on my next project or if I need to consult with them on, the, on another one. Whatever we need to do, right, to, to, for me to learn the process, then I, I'll do that so I can start to do that on my own going forward. So for me, I, I love the new construction, whether it's a single family, whether it's multifamily, anything. To me, I think once you get the underlying works of, of new construction, you can apply it to any process. When I go back home to East Texas, the land is so cheap there, right? In Longview, I can buy a lot for five thousand mm -hmm. dollars and build a, a, a multifamily on it. So, you know, being able to take that knowledge and apply it in different markets uh, will also be huge for me as well. So, so yeah, I, I would probably say you know just kind of expanding the focus uh, of where I, and and I, I hate to say I will be doing new construction for the next five years because. When I first started, I thought that I was going to be doing flips for a certain amount of time. And the reason we got into new construction, and this kind of goes back to the earlier topic of, of, of leveraging your teams, leveraging the people around you, right? When, when Joe and I started partnering, he brought an opportunity, opportunity to me and said, hey, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's uh, take on this project. I ran the numbers. I said, this don't work as a flip. So I'm like, I'm good. I'll pass. Right. And he's like, OK, he came back a week later and was like, OK, well, this won't work as a flip. But what else can we do with it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. We reached out to another GC. Right. He was like, yeah, you can do this. You can do this. And that's the first thing he told me. Don't think everything is a flip. So expanding your options. Right. This was a lot in 78702. And we bid uh, just under 400,000 on it cash offer got outbid obviously in, in, in what two years ago yeah and now that same dirt is, <laughs> that same dirt is going for seven eight hundred thousand now just for the dirt right we would have had to tear down and build two new properties but just that thought process and going through the different options of what we could do on that one lot mm -hmm. led us to taking on we brought out geez, we brought out so many people to give us all the options for that lot but and we lost a lot but then we picked up another lot right after that. That's where our new first new construction project came from. Oh, cool. So had we not actually talked that through, I probably would have still been on, let, let me do as many flips as I can. Yeah. So, 
you know, Joe helping me expand my mindset and just talking through the, the possible options. So leveraging your team, right? So that's why I say, I don't want to lock myself into just a new construction or apartment complex because who knows what happens, right? Naturally, as we go over the next couple of years, but that's, you know, I like to get into new uh, apartment from a scalability perspective. I like to get into apartment complexes. Love it. Yeah. And I think that that's really what this, this, so what you were talking about is what this podcast is about. Um, you know, flips still work in Austin, but they're getting harder and harder. And, and we already talked about that, but you know, new construction can be great. You can find the right lot or the right house to tear down and build two houses on. You can make a lot of money. Um, but you know, I think it's important just to always move with what's going on in the market and maybe what's going on in the Austin market. Maybe they finally pass this code next. It's been floating around for whatever, six, seven years and everything's up zone and you can now build an ADU on every lot. Maybe there's a play there. It's just, and you, you're talking about, Hey, I'm staying open to what comes and what works. And I really think that's important for everybody to listen to, you know, don't just run out and do anything anywhere that you see or say, I'm going to do self-storage now, then I'm going to do mobile home parks, then I'm going to build houses and, and not pick one. You know, you got good at flips and said, okay, I'm good at flips. I'm going to start a new construction. You're getting good at new construction. Now maybe you start apartments. I hear that same story from people that are successful, um, but also I am going to pivot with what works. And I think that's really important for everybody that's listening. It's not that you, both y'all are running around doing everything that pops up. You're working on what works and you're getting it done. And then when the new opportunity presents itself and you're already good at something, you're moving on. So really cool stuff. Um, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people? Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. <laughs> so this this one was critical for me in establishing the mindset. So the book is called Think and Grow Rich, mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill, right? Classic. Yeah. Well, as Napoleon Hill was was um, you know at the phase of uh, about to pass away or he started getting sick, he wanted to write a book for black people, for minority people that may not have had the same opportunities or had to jump more hurdles to get to some of the same opportunities. So he started out writing a book and he didn't get to finish it. So he brought on Dennis Kimbrough to finish out the book. So the book is called Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. And in that book, it is full of examples of successful black people in a number of different businesses, right? So for me, that helped me understand, okay, all of these other eliminating or limiting factors aside, I have a thousand examples that I can point to mm -hmm. that show success. So no reason for me to, to, to not that I would say I was, not that I was using any of that to say I couldn't do anything, but if there was any uh, doubt based on that, well, hey, here's something that, uh, that, that points and shows me otherwise. But ultimately it was just the fact that success is a mindset. So that was that was the book that that got me off the couch and really was like, OK, you've done this for three years. You got to take action at some point. And that that was the book to do it for me. So I always tell people about that book and, and I, I'll stick to that one for, for my best business book. There's a ton of awesome. others out there, but that's my favorite. Absolutely. There's so many. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't limit it to just one. I got I got to give you I got to give you double up. I got to give you two of them. All right. um, but one book for me that just changed, for, I think Jamil and I are common to this, it's all about mindset. What really changed my mindset was a book called uh, Feel Free to Prosper uh, by Marilyn Jeanette. Jeanette. And that book changed me so much, it changed the way that I parent, right? Really? Um, just from, from the words that you speak um, to just to how you look at situation, you know, we live in a world of abundance. Everything is for us, right? But when I talk to my kids, um, if, if 
if my son comes home and messed up the, the, the kitchen and got cups all over the floor, I would, man, get all these cups over. What's going on? Man, but I, I, if I change my mindset, man, I love how creative you were when you were trying to do this, right? Um, I, I like that. Great job. Let's be mindful and try this next time, right? But just appreciating just the, the, the outward thinking of it, right? And the other book that's just hands down, uh, James Allen, um, As a Man Thinketh right? Okay. Um, you, what you want to be, um, you, you think it first and then you become it, right? So just, just the mindset. I think mindset is, is the slogan uh, for us, man. Love it. That's awesome. So, you know, Jamil, I know you said you're just getting started on social media. Joe, I, I think I found you on Instagram. Yeah. That's how we connected, actually. Yeah, so What's the best way to get a hold of a hold of each y'all? Somebody's looking to reach out and learn more about what you're doing or learn about real estate. I, I would start off with uh, my Instagram handle, the Joe Hodge, um, and that'll get you kind of kind of inside. And I've got links to to, to some of our, our our Blue Jay investor, um, and and that's a, a good way to 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 reach out with me to keep it simple. Okay, easy enough. So for me, it would, um, I'm actually working on, on this behind the scenes. And you talk about analysis. I've been talking about analysis paralysis. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on my logo and I'm like, I need everything to be perfect before I go launch this site. So it's actually in the works, um, but my, just my email right now, because again, I don't, I don't have a lot of the, the social presence um, as it sits today, uh, but it's jamil.kelly at legacy-rei.com. At legacy dash Yeah, and it's Jamil J A M I L L E. Mm -hmm. Kelly is K E L L Y. Jamil dot Kelly. Awesome, and we'll have all this in the show notes for everybody. So the best ways to find Joe are the Joe Hodge Hodge on Instagram, and Jamil Kelly Jamil dot Kelly at legacy dash rei dot com. Um, don't worry, everybody. We'll all have that in the show notes. You can just look down there and find it. Most important question here today, guys. Last one we got. What is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Hey. <laughs> so, I, so, I say, um, so Tony's Jamaican is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, but obviously, I have a, Tony's, Tony's Jamaican, community vegan, and then Sassy Soul for vegetarian spots. So those are probably my top three, followed by uh, Vince Young. And I just really feel like a big meat eater. Vince Young Steakhouse is one of my favorites. Okay. All right. Um, for me, our, our favorite go-to spot for my, my wife and I is Enchilada Imas. Uh, mm -hmm. Great chicken fajitas, uh, great uh, grown-up drinks, beverages. Uh, and if I'm, if I'm ever in the uh, Colleen area, uh, I have to stop by uh, uh, Tilly Marie's. It's a great um, soul food for the most part, a great restaurant. Uh, I love it. Awesome. I've not heard of that one. Um, cool guys. Well, absolutely reach out to Joe and Jamil. Sounds like you have a new program coming up. You mentioned it a few times. You want to talk a little bit about that Blue Jay Investing? Yeah, the, the, the Blue Jay Investor is where we uh, provide the opportunity for education and application, right? Just where we walk through people, just um, if they have a project or if they just want to pick, their, pick uh, just want to get more information, um, just learn about real estate. I, I know that was Jamil and I's one thing. Um, of just having that person to talk to, right? Uh, and so this is just something that, that's free. You just want to talk about oh. your projects. Uh, if, you, if you go to my Instagram, the Joe Hodge, uh, if you go to my page in the link, uh, you can get on the Calendly and everything. And we'll just, we'll just talk about it, right? We just want to educate, right? Um, and then, you know, for, for some people, um, if they're accredited or not, there's opportunity for investing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to be a passive investor in the projects that we hold, right? So, uh, and that's been a great response. One thing I also wanted to say, uh, me and Jamil are, are, are adamant about education and the give back, right? So the Blue Jay Investor, where we talk about educating, but give back, right? Um, I work in education uh, for years. And one thing that I noticed with education, seeing our seniors, that they're not at the level that they need to be. And this was before COVID, right? So I would see um, seniors writing papers like they're texting, right? Um, they don't provide any 
uh, credit management or, or teaching you how to deal with money. And so one thing that we like to do um, is we like to, to, to kind of give back, right? So when we when we have a property that does good, uh, we pro like to provide seed money for a student um, who wants to start their own business or, or scholarship, right? Just so they can get to that next level, right? And that's our give back, right? So education and giving back, um, just just growing, right? That's something that we're adamant about. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find more about that? Is it just through your Instagram? Yeah. So once you go once you go to the Instagram, uh, there'll be a, a link in the top left, like a link tree, and then mm -hmm. it has just the okay. different various uh, topics that you can pick from there. Okay. Awesome. Joe mentioned a good point, and and I'll just just wrap it up here. But education again. Obviously, we've spoken enough about education and how parent paramount it is. Um, you're taking on, on any endeavor, but with that being said, there, there, there will be no shortage of people trying to sell you a course or a mentorship or whatever. Right. And, and they'll, they'll hype it up to be one thing and it's $20,000, but then you only get two calls or you have to sit on the phone with 50 other people and hope you get your question, question answered. So what I would say, because again, a lot of times, and what I that was probably one of the most commonly asked questions when I would listen to these podcasts, what do you think about this mentor or you know this program? If you can find somebody local and just try to monitor them, then do that before you go buy a program from somebody that's not even in your local city yeah. that promises to sit on the phone with you, right? I don't know what that looks like. More, you can go to these meetups. There's a lot of opportunities to find local people. And honestly, what I've seen, a lot of these guys are, are happy to give you information. They're happy to help you as far as tagging along on projects or just helping you educate yourself, right? And some of them are just busy. They don't have time. That's fine. But just make sure whatever you, whenever you're approaching somebody that you're not always in the taking position, right? Mm -hmm. You're yeah. providing some type of value to them. And I don't think you will have a hard time finding somebody. And that'll be worth way more than any of the courses that you can find. Yeah, love that. Yeah, there's so many free ways out there. I think you can exhaust all the free options before you move on to paid. Love that stuff. And maybe you don't need the paid after that. Absolutely. No. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on here today, Joe and Jamil. Great to have you guys. We'll have all your information in the show notes. So reach out to Joe and Jamil. It sounds like they've got some great ways that you can learn and invest for, for nothing. So check it out and can't wait to see what you guys do in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks.